New Orleans Saints quarterback Derek Carr has a big challenge ahead of him against the Minnesota Vikings. What is that challenge and why am I so confident that he can manage it? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community. I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the Media Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Coming up on today's show, New Orleans Saints kicker Blake Groupie needs a good game against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll discuss why and what it could mean moving forward. We're also going to take a look at what the New Orleans Saints defense needs to do and why it's so important to get after Minnesota Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs. And to kick us all off, Derek Carr has a big challenge ahead of him against the Minnesota Vikings, but I think he's going to manage it just fine. Derek Carr has been almost an entirely different quarterback over the course of the past four weeks. And there's a combination of reasons why. Combination of reasons could include, but are not limited to, his own sort of improvement in terms of his level of play, the improvement of the scheme and uh, leveraging the playmakers that are around him being used more appropriately, the offense, the run game, all of these things. No matter what, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you dice it, no matter how you want to look at it, Derek Carr has been massively improved over the course of the past four games or the circumstances around him have helped to also improve around him. But the thing that you have to look at next for Derek Carr all comes down to whether or not he's going to be able to do one thing against the Minnesota Vikings that he has continuously done over the course of the past four weeks. As we broke down in just a few episodes ago, when we looked at Derek Carr's improvement from the beginning of the season to the latter part of the season, first five games versus the most recent four games, although the pressure percentage or number of snaps that he spends facing pressure has not changed or has not decreased in any way, the pressure to sack percentage has been cut down to a quarter of what it once was from over 36% to just under 9%, 8.7 to be exact. So what you need to see from Derek Carr going into this game is an ability to not allow those pressured snaps pressure dropbacks to turn into sacks. That's where he's been really good here as of late, sacked 15 times over the first five games, only four over the last four. So it's going well. And and Derek Carr is going to need to maintain that because when it comes to a Brian Flores defense, 
you're going to see a lot of blitzes. You're also going to see a lot of eight defenders dropping back into coverage. Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings uh, on the crossover episode laid out the Minnesota Vikings defense leading the NFL in blitzing, also leading the NFL in eight player dropbacks, right? Eight players dropping back into coverage. So with that being the case, you're going to either see a lot of pressure coming at Derek Carr, supplemental or otherwise, or you're going to see a lot of players dropping back into coverage. That means that Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints need to get their timing right. Get your timing right for those dropbacks to you know for those drop eight coverages where you get the opportunity to be able to attack that and have your timing right for when you call things like well-timed screen passes, quick passes, draws, halfback draws, things like that. So that's what you're looking at from this New Orleans Saints offense as a whole. But for Derek Carr, the challenge comes in managing the adversity, managing the pressure, keeping a cool head, keeping the offense cool as well, and of course, not allowing those pressures to turn into sacks. We talk all the time about moments in the NFL. If you're getting hit in the backfield, you're giving up moments to the other team. Can't let that happen. So what are some ways that the New Orleans Saints can do this? Well, first of all, you have to be able to get the ball out quickly. So that means slants, quick outs, quick ins, quick digs, mesh routes, drag routes, things like that. You can combine that with some uh, uh, further away from the line of scrimmage developing routes so that if you do get a drop eight situation when you're expecting a blitz situation, you want to be able to cross those zones and find open pockets and things like that. So you do still want some of the deep downfield developing options, but the first read should be things that happen quickly. Expect Derek Carr to throw to his first read pretty often in this game, as long as that read is open. So that's where it comes down to the receivers to create that initial separation. And of course, hoping that the play flows all go the right way as well. The next piece is always having a safety valve option. So having an Alvin Kamara to dump off to, having you know a tight end uh, close to the line of scrimmage, a Foster Murrow, a Juwan Johnson to quickly dump off to, dump off to, having those you know slants and things like that, and 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 receivers being ready to improv a little bit to be able to to work open uh, if Derek Carr has to escape to extend plays. P's and Q's all over the place. Lots of detail that's got to get that's got to be done right in these situations. For the Minnesota Vikings and with that Brian Flores defense, the other thing they're going to do a lot is what's called man match kind of situations. So in that in those situations, you're watching to see what the pattern is or pattern matching sometimes. So if you're a defensive back and you're a corner and you're playing the inside leverage, it doesn't really matter who you're lined up with pre-snap, whoever's taking the inside angle or whoever's running the in-breaking route, that becomes your responsibility or the inside release. So if you have an outside receiver and a slot receiver and those two kind of run like a scissor concept to where they cross at one point on that side of the field, you're switching off of the guy in the slot to the guy that was that was initially lined up out wide because the in-breaking route or the inside release is your responsibility. So this is where you end up putting three, you know, those trips bunch formations where you see the little triangle of receivers. And sometimes the inside guy releases inside, other times they release outside. The sort of fan formation that you're seeing a lot too, to where you have three receivers lined up on the same side of the field in a diagonal line all on the outside. No slot receiver or anything like that. Everybody's just kind of fanned out. These types of pre-snap looks are the ones that have been specifically designed and created to attack exactly the way that Minnesota 
plays defense and several other teams that are part of that sort of Bill Belichick defensive tree, the Rip Liz type, you know, match uh, pattern matching type defenses. Those were built to combat that type of defense when that defense was kind of swarming and, and, and becoming the big thing uh, across the league and also in, in the college ranks as well. That's why spread offenses also become so successful in college. And the Saints haven't really shown a lot of spread looks or spread usage, but they have used those trips bunch, those uh, fan uh, formations, those pieces to where you're you're gathering those three receivers and making the defense read who's got the inside release, who's got the outside release, who might fake an inside release and then bump back outside, all of these things. So you have to get ready to be creative over on the offensive side of the football, but also just timing and calling the right play for the right moment. So a little bit of a chess match there has to go right as well. And all of it works as long as Derek Carr is able to do what he has continued to do here as of late, which is not put the ball in harm's way and not take the sacks in the backfield, be able to find ways to extend plays and find receivers, whether it's a, a, a check down or whether it's deep downfield, whatever it is, just keep the ball moving against this Minnesota Vikings defense. And of course, finding a way to run the ball going to help a ton in this situation as well, because maybe that ends up pulling back a little bit of the aggression of that Brian Flores defense. However, that defense is psychotic and chaotic. So you should expect a lot of pressure to be on the way for the New Orleans Saints and for Derek Carr. Coming up next, let's take a look over at the New Orleans Saints defensive side. Just like you're hoping that Derek Carr can evade the pressure, you don't want to see that same thing happening with Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings. So what did the New Orleans Saints need to do in order to get after and get to Josh Dobbs? We're going to break that down as we continue on with today's game plan episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and without a doubt most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. And it just got a lot more fun too, because not only can you uh, take a look at the projections that are given for the NFL, NBA, MLB, women's basketball, everything that's going on, and choose just more or less for two to six players to walk away with up to 25 times your entry back, you can now actually combine different different athletes in different projections from different sports. So you can take Cam Jordan's tackles and um, Zion Williamson's field goals and then try to put those together to see if you can come in at more or less than whatever that projection ends up being. You can do a lot of creative and fun stuff that way as well. So it's a ton of fun, and I want you to go and check it out today. Prize picks. Go and check them out. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. It's a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL. Today's episode of Locked on Saints also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Did you know that Jace Medical can help you get a one-year supply of your daily medication? Yeah, it's that awesome. You can also get a hold of the Jace case, which comes with some life-saving antibiotics, five different ones that help you fight 50 different types of infections. This is life-saving stuff here, y'all. And Jace Medical is getting it all done online. Nice, super easy, convenient, everything. You just go online to jacemedical.com. You're going to receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication as long as they're offering it. So go and check them out. Don't forget the promo code locked on to get a discount as well. One verified customer talked about how they were uh, cutting pills in half just to make sure that they had the medication that they need. Don't get into that situation if you can avoid it. Instead, head over to Jace Medical, see if they offer your daily meds and get that one year supply, that 12 month supply so that you can be 
put at ease. If you are somebody that you know needs some peace of mind, go and check out Jace Medical today at jacemedical.com and see what's offered to you. Remember to use the promo code as well, locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your purchase. $20 off of your purchase with promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you again to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So we're taking a look here at the game plan, right? What do the New Orleans Saints need to do in order to win? We talked about Derek Carr's big challenge, New Orleans Saints' big challenge up against the Minnesota Vikings on the offensive side. Now let's flip the script over to the defensive side. And the biggest and most important thing for the New Orleans Saints to do in this game is not only get after, but get to quarterback Josh Dobbs. This is a shining opportunity for the New Orleans Saints defense to start out fast. Something that they started doing early on in the season. Now, look, they've started slow here over the course of the past couple of games in the Chicago Bears game. They allowed two touchdowns in the first three possessions, but then didn't allow but three points after that. There was also a missed field goal. Big loud doink uh, up off that, the uh, the upright in the, the Caesar Superdome. But you don't want to rely on that. So getting off to a fast start on offense is great. Getting off to an, uh, a fast start on defense, even better for this New Orleans Saints team. And one way to do that is to get to Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is going to be operating in a system that he just showed up in less than or just over a week ago by the time that he plays this game. The expectation, we know that there's no Cam Akers, expecting no uh, Justin Jefferson, expecting no KJ Hamler. You're effectively looking at an offense that's going to run through tight end TJ Hawkinson and young rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison. Lots of opportunity here for the New Orleans Saints to focus in on those two big playmakers and try to limit this offense. You got a brand new quarterback there that's going to be really paying attention to what's close to him and what's in the middle of the field. So taking away a TJ Hawkinson kind of has to be your first priority if you're the New Orleans Saints in this one. So Demario Davis, Pete Werner become very important. Once you take that first read away or the most comfortable read or the read that's closest to the line of scrimmage, the, the, the read of the player that the offense effectively runs through in TJ Hawkinson, then it becomes the pass rush's job to not only get after and pressure Josh Dodds, but get to Josh Dobbs, bring him down. The New Orleans Saints defense right now, not doing very well in the sack department. Cam Jordan right now is on pace to finish with his career low since the 2011 season, his rookie season when he only had one sack. He is on pace right now to finish this year with a career low in sacks. Here's a big time opportunity for him and for that New Orleans Saints defensive line, including Carl Granderson, who leads the team in sacks right now, including rookie uh, Brian Brzee, including Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, Tano Passanio, all of these pass rushers that the Saints have, they've got to be able to get after and get on track when it comes to this game and Josh Dobbs. One of the things that's going to be very, very important in helping this happen, because no New Orleans Saints don't win on the defensive line with speed. They could add a speed rusher if they wanted to, but they also don't have the system that supports a speed rusher either. So with that being the case, this New Orleans Saints defensive line needs, needs quarterbacks to hold on to the football. So this is where we're talking about marriage of coverage and pass rush, pass rush and coverage, right? Rush and coverage. That has to be rush and coverage. That has to be the biggest um, significance for this game. Can the coverage hold up long enough for the Saints pass rush to get there? And if the Saints pass rush gets there, can they force some mistakes on the way? We have seen the New Orleans Saints force fumbles when getting after the quarterback here this season. We're not used to seeing that in New Orleans. Usually that's something that they talk about before the season as a big 
emphasis, right? Impact fumbles on the quarterback, but then we usually don't see those results pan out. We're watching the results pan out right now. It's a big element of one of the reasons why the Saints are tied right now for the league lead in turnovers. Not only have they turned the ball over or forced takeaways on 12 different interceptions or on 12 interceptions, but they've added six fumbles and fumble recoveries as well. Top down punch outs on ball carries, but they're getting it done at the quarterback as well. So that's what you want to see the New Orleans Saints do in this game. Cover long enough. Force Josh Dobbs to hold on to the football, read through progressions of an offense that he doesn't really yet know, and take advantage of that and pray on that if you can as a defensive line and as a pass rush. That is pivotal for this New Orleans Saints team. If they can get that done, then nothing stands in their way of winning this game. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know how this game is going to go, that I have expectations of how this game is going to go. What I will tell you, though, is that New Orleans Saints need to win it. And winning it on the defensive side is going to be a big way to get that done. And while they're rushing the passer, while they're coming after Josh Dobbs, discipline, structure has to be there as well. It can't just be everybody pinning their ears back and trying to go after Josh Dobbs because then you're going to leave these big rush lanes open. He's going to be able to run, scamper, scramble, pick up annoying yards, pick up third and 12s with his legs, things like that. So you have to also maintain a little bit of discipline, right? Maintain a little bit of structure to keep him from being able to escape. If you can collapse the pocket on him, that's one thing. But if you're going to end up having, you know, these big sort of cavernous openings in the middle of the field, because everybody's trying to circumvent their offensive linemen, and you're just opening up these big, these big rushing lanes, you're going to have a bad time. It's not going to go great for you. So that's another big thing that New Orleans Saints need to be able to do. So getting after, getting to Joshua Dobbs becomes really, really important in this one and maintaining that defensive pass rush structure so that it makes it very tough for Josh Dobbs to find those escape lanes is going to be big. And this is also a game to where you want to be careful of the big play in this one. Uh, Jordan Addison, is a big play threat for that Minnesota Vikings offense. He could do a lot of other things too, but he is a big play threat. So you want to keep those 20 plus yard passes down, guard over the top, dare them to beat you on the ground. If you can, whatever it might be, just try to take as much of these sort of big pop-off plays as you can out of this game, because those are the game. Those are the moments that are going to help you or put you in a situation to where you lose leverage and you want to have that leverage. Once some big play happens up over the top, then all of a sudden you're rushing the pass a little different. You're covering a little different. You're sitting back on your heels a little bit more. And then therefore the run game starts to work. Then once the run game starts to work, you start stacking a box a little bit. Boom, the pass comes back over the top again. You're going, oh no, you don't want to be in a situation to where you're constantly adjusting for what just happened. Be ahead of the, the the trend, be ahead of what's about to happen. You know what this Minnesota Vikings offense is going to try to do to you. That that's that's just facts. I mean, you have a quarterback that's coming in one week in the system who just went out there. You got a little bit of tape on him, all this stuff. He's making his 11th career start. You know that this is going to be an offense that wants to rely on timing, that wants to get everything happening in rhythm and comfortable. Disrupt, disrupt, disrupt is going to be huge for this New Orleans Saints defense. Get your hands on these receivers as they get off the line of scrimmage. Jordan Addison, big time play threat, little dude, bully him, right? That's what you need to see from Paulson Adebo and uh, and Marshawn Lattimore and, of course, Alante Taylor when, when these receivers move into the slot. Getting guys like Jalen Naylor, also small, right? Tall, but wiry. 
disrupt, 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 disrupt. Get the timing off, keep this offense uncomfortable and get not just after, but to Josh Dobbs. You do that as a defense, particularly early on in this game, you're setting yourself up to pay off the dividends later, right? This is a team that has consistently gotten better in the second half. Imagine if they started off good in the first half. That's what you want to see from this New Orleans Saints defense. The scheme is there. The system is there. The, the idea of how to counter these offenses has absolutely been there. The issue has been execution. Execute, execute, execute. Start off that way, and then things get a little bit easier for you at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. Coming up next, things need to get better at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota for one Blake groupie. Why haven't the New Orleans Saints brought a kicker in as a tryout? Will they bring a kicker in as a tryout? And how important is this game for Blake Groupie? we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online has been massive for me, especially since you know everything, the, the lockdowns, the shutdowns, all that stuff. Like that, that's really when I started to dive into therapy, do a little bit of that, that work for myself, my mental health, all of those other things. So you want to go ahead and check them out because this is excellent. Um, no traffic, no waiting rooms, no stigma. You get to do everything from the comfort of your own home with a licensed, qualified therapist that is matched with you to fit your needs and is also free to change away from if you find that the fit isn't right. They're giving you everything that you need to be able to get yourself what it is that you need, the health, the care, all of those things over at BetterHelp. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash locked on is what you want to visit to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on for 10% off of your first month with BetterHelp Therapy online. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints uh, with a look at New Orleans Saints kicker Blake Groupie, who needs a good game against the Minnesota Vikings. Blake Groupie has been um, up and down all throughout the season, a little bit more down than you would like. And this happens with rookie kickers. And I don't think that the New Orleans Saints are wrong about being patient, but at what point does the patience wear out. And that could be this week. Um, if Blake Groupie goes out there and has, you know, another miss from, you know, 30 or less yards out, right? Uh, which we've seen a couple of times for Blake Groupie so far this season, it could end up being a big issue for him. You've got a bye week coming up, a lot of opportunity for this team to be able to really look at some potential changes if they feel that they are necessary. Making changes from week to week, very tough. Making changes over the course of the bye week, still rough, but a little bit more opportunity for you there. Now, Blake Groupie has missed two field goals between um, between you know 50 yards or more. That's okay. You'll take that. He's four of six from that range, but he's also four of six when kicking field goals between 40 and 90 yards, he also missed a field goal between 20 and 29 yards, so less than 30 yards. Now, I will say, to his credit, as of right now, he is perfect on extra points, 19 of 19 throughout the season. So that's pretty solid because you saw, particularly toward the end of Will Lutz's tenure here in New Orleans, some of those missed extra points, missed field goals, things like that. Will Lutz, though, this season so far here in 2023, which is what everybody's going to immediately draw a sort of comparison to, has missed um, 
one field goal between 30 to 39 yards, none under 30 yards, and only missed one field goal so far from 50 plus. He hasn't kicked any between 40 and 49. So take that sample size for what you will. But as a whole on the year, you're talking about 50, uh, make, Will Lutz making 13 of 15 field goals, while right now Blake Groupie sits at making just 18 of 23, 23 being at or tied for the most field goal attempts so far in the NFL. So what you want to see from Blake Groupie is simply a clean game. Go out there, get these field goals, particularly the interesting thing is that you kind of are in a situation to where you need to prove that you can hit the manageable ones at this point. It's one thing if you're missing from 50 plus, 60 plus like Will did last year, right, in London, but missing the manageable ones between 20 to 29 yards, those are the ones that become the biggest heartache, especially when the team's already dealing with or was already dealing with issues in the red zone and things like that. Like that elevated the importance of Blake Grippy needing to be able to hit those more manageable ones. And then the misses between 40 to 49 are ones that you'd also like to see get cleaned up. It's a little bit further away, I know, but still as an NFL kicker, 40 to 49, that's still a, a spot where you're expected to make those field goals. And there's a lot of stuff, right? We talk about the field goal kicker every time we talk about a missed field goal, but there's a snap, there's protection, there's blocking, there's the hold, there's all these other things, there's the rush, all this stuff that ends up factoring in. But no matter what, anytime that a kicker misses a kick, it comes back down to Blake Groupie. And if you remember right, one of the things that we talked about before last season started was how Will Lutz and getting Will Lutz back was going to hopefully be the difference of, you know, one or two wins in a season. Well, it was, but it ended up being that he was, but he ended up being the difference in the wrong way, right? With some of those missed game-winning opportunities and things like that. London, for instance, which I know was a 60-yard field goal, and you either take that or you leave it. I get it. But now we're talking about a younger guy who people are going to have a lot less patience for because they doesn't have an established rapport within the within the organization, doesn't have an established rapport with you know within the locker room and all those other things, or as much as one of one as somebody that has been on the roster for years and years and years. I think Blake Groupie deserves patience, but he's also got to be able to prove that the patience is paying off, right? He's got to prove that he deserves that patience as well. So being able to see him go into this game against Minnesota and what's going to be an indoor environment, indoor situation, and possibly have to kick a field goal in what was is very likely to be a close game in this one. We're talking about the spread over at FanDuel at just two and a half in favor of the Saints, but still just two and a half at its best over the course of the week. You got to come through. You got to come through. So this is a big week for Blake Groupie. If he misses a field goal, will he be replaced? Maybe, maybe not, right? But this is where you start to see, oh, well, the Saints brought in X many kickers for tryouts over the course of, you know, returning from the bye week and all these other things. Like the Saints are going to have a lot of time here to be able to, with the bye week, to be able to sit down and really look at like, okay, so what's working? What do we get rid of? What's not working? Like, what do we throw out playbook wise, whatever? What is working? How do we build more around that? All those pieces. And where are the problem areas? And if kicker ends up being a problem area by that time, like let's say Blake Groupie walks into this game and misses two manageable field goals. I know Mickey Loomis is talking about having patience with the young kickers and uh, you know, not having patience with young players in the NFL and all the other stuff, not having enough patience for young players in the NFL and stuff like that. I, I get all of that. I get all those criticisms about the NFL. I agree with the majority of those criticisms around the NFL as well, but it's going to be hard to argue against it if you're not seeing the benefits of having the patience. And so I think that that's where Blake Groupie has a real opportunity to prove something. I'm not saying that Blake Groupie is going to go out there and stink it up and that he deserves to be replaced. What I'm saying is that this is an opportunity for him to go out there and prove that that's not the case. 
that that's not the case. And this is a big game for him to do that, especially with that bye week on the way. A lot of time for, you know, if you miss a game winner from a manageable distance, or if you miss multiple field goals from manageable distances in this one, there's too much time for those coaches, for the organization to sit around and think about what could be with the bye week on the way. So you need a good showing here if you're Blake Groupie. And to an extent, you got to keep things going in the positive direction as they have been here recently for Lou Headley, the Saints punter. He's had two solid games here back to back. Can you keep it going? So I do think that this is, with the bye week on the way, a big game for Blake Groupie, for the special teams unit, all of these pieces, and really just a big game for the New Orleans Saints as a whole. This could be the game to where if they end up coming out here and winning this one in convincing fashion, multiple scores, 10 plus points, whatever, then all of a sudden we're saying, okay, this team is done turning the corner. It has turned the corner ahead of the bye week. And then they've got to prove it again once they go up against Atlanta out of the bye. But this is a big and important game for the New Orleans Saints. Do I know which way this one's going to go? No. Do I know which way I'd love to see this one go? Yes. You want to see the New Orleans Saints win this game and you want to see them do it in convincing fashion. Five turnovers are not convincing fashion. If the Saints don't do that, then we're still asking questions going in out of to the bye, coming out of the bye, all these other things. But a real opportunity here for Blake Groupie, Lou Headley, Drew, Drew Brees, uh, Derek Carr, um, you know, this New Orleans Saints offense and this defense to show, hey, we can start off fast and make a statement early on in games. If the Saints do that, you're feeling a heck of a lot better about them going into the bye week. And then as a, as a part of that, eventually coming out of the bye week after next week. Coming up tomorrow or coming up later on today, live show after practice, give you all the game designations, let you know what you need to know before Sunday's game. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, in case you missed it, as we do every Saturday, get you everything you need to know from my five biggest takes of the week and get you ready for Sunday's matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Got that coming up for you here as we continue on throughout the week and wrap up the week here at Locked On Saints. Big thank you as always, make a Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. And a big shout out to all the everydayers out there. I appreciate you very much making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.